Hello everyone, welcome to the Uninformed Handball Hour. It's Chris here and joined by Brian and Alex, all three of us here in the same Zoom room for the first time since the EHF Final Four in Cologne. Hope you're all having a lovely summer, boys, and uh, we are going to talk about something that we promised to talk about a couple of weeks ago and uh, something a little bit different. Alex? Yeah, so this is a yeah an episode that we mentioned that we would uh, do for everyone. Um, this is on the back of a documentary that were, was released by Danish TD2 called uh, Mistakenly Spiel. And I hope my Danish is still good enough to to get through that. But uh, essentially, it is a documentary about suspicious betting in handball that was carried out. It was an investigation that was carried out over a period of five years by Danish journalist Lars Brun Mortensen. And uh, we spoke to Lars, who also gave us the opportunity to watch this documentary in English, so I didn't have to rely on my Danish. And uh, we thought that this was a topic that got a lot of interest in the handball community, and it's something that we couldn't ignore. Uh, it's a big topic. It's something match-fixing is uh, something that is prevalent in all sports, and we obviously don't want to see it in our sport that we do love. So we wanted to get it inside into what has been going on, and uh, the the man to speak to was Lars, who did the investigation. So I think we'll just dive straight into our chat with Lars Brun-Mortens. Lars Brun-Mortens from TV2, the star of the uh, documentary. Uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce it. Maybe you can pronounce it in Danish for me as you uh, introduce the documentary itself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, the documentary is called Mistinglet Spill in Danish, but if I translate it to English, it's suspicious betting. I think it's the most uh, correct way to, to to do it. Well, I'm, I'm a handball journalist in Denmark. I have been for 15 years or so, I think. Uh, on TV2, which is the national broadcaster, we, we have the Euros, the, the World Championships, the Danish League. And so I, I pretty much cover handball in all my work life. Um, as a journalist and as also as a commentator sometimes and and as one of of a couple of editors we have who you know produce and are responsible for the programs we we have around the matches in Hempel. Um and yes we did this documentary uh, and it's been a long way uh, coming four years actually uh, since we had the first fought and the first um the first meetings about it, uh, a very um, exciting four years, very, in some points, extremely difficult thing to work with this theme, but also at times uh, nerve-wracking because, of course, it's not something that everybody wants to talk about. Um, 
but uh, the, 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 you can see the our, our, the reason we did the documentary is because we feel like we have so much information looking into this potential match fixing theme that we thought it would be right to to publish um, that information. Um, obviously, we've tried uh, many times to get in touch and get interviews with the uh, European Handball Federation, and since they were, let's just say, not at all willing to talk about it, um, we decided that, okay, we have to publish this uh, information and let people for themselves uh, decide what they think it means when they uh, when they see it. And so you said the the investigation kicked off four years ago. Um, when did the idea of the documentary come into play? Because you had also published uh, many articles around that time on TV2, but was it always the goal to actually compile it into a documentary? Yeah, it was. Actually, the, the publishing of the articles... Uh, and refers to the, you know the report from Sports Rather back in January was because I I didn't feel and 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 some of the others uh, it's very important you know for me to say that I'm not the only one doing this documentary we're we're a whole group of people uh, a few of us were not sure that once we try tried you know to to get people to to see this report to read it once we started handing it out to people and saying please read this what do you think we were afraid that you know the news of the report because it was such a big story and such a damaging report um that we had got our hands on we we weren't sure that we would be able to hold that story pretty much until we were done with the documentary so what we decided to do was at the say at the the exact moment that we had had the chance to to give the referees we were going to mention a chance to 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 say something if they wanted to to comment if they wanted to, uh, at that point we we decided to publish the the stories about the report. So therefore the the reports what we can say the publishing of the report ended up being you know part of the documentary. It wouldn't have gone that way if we had waited, obviously. Um, but yeah, the the goal was always a documentary. But what what you what you need to understand about this is this is two. Uh, departments in TV2 working together about a documentary. We have a documentary, you know, people who only do documentaries. I do sports coverage. I do matches and, and all the things you guys do also, mix zones and press release, press meetings and all that. And at, at an internal uh, gathering at TV2 four years ago, that was the first time we had a talk, very informal, about is there some stories we could look at in handball? And Obviously, we'd heard stories during the years, uh, and stories like these are very hard, you know, obviously to 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 cover because so few people are willing to talk about it. So actually, that was where it started. But when the the, the time where it really kicked off was, well, as you've seen the documentary, sources began coming our way with stories. Uh, that made us think, okay, there's something here. And obviously, uh, at the time we got our hands on that report, that was the time where we knew, okay, this is going to end up being a, a documentary. So you knew it was going to be a documentary, and it's two episodes at the moment. Are there going to be more, or did you always intend for it to be two? 
And is this kind of an ongoing thing that you might have a third in the future, or what's the status of it at the moment? I hope so, but no, there's there's no there's no third in production right now. Actually, we started out with wanting to do one because mm. TV two massive TV station. There is, of course, you guys haven't seen it on national Danish television, but it was in prime time on Danish TV two two Wednesdays in a row. Uh, That's that's not an easy spot to secure when it's about sports. So 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 you know, we started out by wanting to do one, but quickly realized that it's not possible for us to tell this story in one in in forty minutes. And you know, uh, the guy, the the the, the technician, the, the photograph, the, the the primary guy who's been my photographer on it was also the guy editing, and he was very quick to say. 40 minutes, it's never going to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me uh, two hours, something. Uh, so we ended up with two right now. But I, I I can't say for sure there'll be a third, but I hope so because uh, for us, you know, this it, it doesn't end here. There's not a there's not a uh, there's not an ending in that way in the documentary. And you actually not the first people to ask me. Well, when's number three coming? Because some people have actually thought, okay, there's going to be a number three. Uh, not at the moment, but who knows? This report is is central to this whole investigation and and the key storyline of it. You give us in the documentary some kind of information on what it involves, uh, but can you give us like, <laughs> let's say the uh, too long didn't read version of it uh, for those who who haven't seen the documentary yet? Absolutely. It's a report made by a company called Sportrader. Sportrader is uh, one of the world's leading in analyzing, among other things, analyzing betting uh, data. And they are also the European Handball Federation's official partner in uh, avoiding match fixing in handball. And they did this report back in 2018. Uh, it involves 26 matches which they suspect of um match fixing and the report focuses very much uh, well the report says i don't have it here so i can't quote uh, you know word by word but essentially they focus on the referees they think the referees are the people fixing these games and it mentions eight couples of referees and how many matches each couple had of those 26 matches and that's matches in champions league men and women in the uh the qualification for the Euros, uh, nationals, some friendly games also, and and games in the Serie League. Um, that's basically it. And then I think the rest of the report is then they they do what you call a network analysis on uh, uh, specifically one referee, uh, Georgi Nocheski, uh, the, the the North Macedonian referee, uh, and his ties to 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 known match fixers and people um, members of a, a criminal group called the Gypsy Clan. That that's actually what the report is. Um, yeah, and that's uh, that was what we had to work with. And uh, Sportala, as I said, they work together with the European Handball Federation, uh, so they have absolutely no comment to the report. The European Handball Federation has not wanted to talk to us about the report. Um, so it's been quite difficult, and I would, and I would also say because I think that's important for people to to know here. When you do stories about handball, you cover all sorts of stories. Also, I saw 
you know, stories about big transfers and, and everything else in handball. Of course, there's sources behind uh, stories like that. For me, this report, I heard about it first and then I had to find it. To find this report has been, uh, without a doubt, the, 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 the toughest job I had ever in handball because people I thought they must they must know about this report. They must have it. They must have read it. They must have heard about it. They haven't. People very high up in in uh, in federations around the world ha- haven't hadn't heard about this report at all. Uh, and after we published the stories in January, I've gotten several uh, texts and calls from people writing. Also, people I've never actually talked to. Um, is there any chance you could give me that report so I have a chance to read what this is all about? Because I've never been presented it to it. And and for me, that was. You know that that also made us think. Okay, there's so. It seems like so few people in the very top of the European Handball Federation who's ever seen this report. Why, why has it been covered up for five years? And there are some names in that uh, report as well among the the referees that are redacted, so are blacked out. And I'm guessing there's a very good editorial reason for that. Could you tell us what it is? Yeah, we don't we don't focus on the referees in the documentary, so we don't name them. That that's pretty much the the short answer. But but obviously, the the if if I can give a little longer answer, it would be you know, when we got this report, we we said to ourselves, okay, do we have any any? How can we you know verify some of the things in this report? Because it is a report. It's suspicion. A company a very trusted company of the European Handball Federation are saying these things and warning the European Handball Federation about these people. But but before we just, we could have, when we got the report, we could have said, okay, we'll do this story right now. Uh, but we felt like we have to try to find out, can we find out more about this? And, and, and that's what we've been doing up to the point where we published in January the first time. And, um, uh, and and you can say the chain. I, I would. People keep asking me, "Oh, did you prove match fixing now?" Uh, and I, I I've repeatedly said every time I've been on thing, "No, we haven't proven match fixing." And uh, not in the sense of definitive proof, you know, where you can say there's no doubt we have you here receiving the money, or we have you. This is your bank account. You got. We don't have that. We have a lot of circumstantial evidence, but. The referee pairs we name are mostly because, well, our assessment is that we have so much circumstantial evidence on these people that we feel like we can name them. Very shortly, you know, we named the the, the, the Croatian pair from from a World Cup, uh, one of the, the the couples with most matches in the report. We name obviously the the North Macedonian pair uh, with the tie, where Georgi Nacheski with the ties to to organize crime. And we mentioned uh, who do we mention more? We, we mentioned the the couple with most matches in the report uh, because they are, they also have ties to matches today. I think what's important to understand for people who haven't read or seen anything is that the matches in the report are from 2016, 2017, so they're, they're actually five years old. So one of the things we had to find out was is this old news or is it still happening? And that's what most of number two program is about making it, you know, current actually in today. Uh, uh, so yeah, a, a long answer to 
what could be well there yeah there is good editorial um, choices behind part of that you mentioned is that uh the second part of the report where it links uh, the referee to um match match fixing organizations um which surprised me in terms of whether sport radar is is that a service that they always provide you know i i would have thought of them as more of a data analytics company but that second part was more of a i would have thought would have been out of their field is that something that you expected from an organization like sport radar um i didn't really know what to expect actually and also when i when i when i had the report in my hands the first time you know if you read the report it you see pictures taken from social media, some of it with with uh, Georgi Nachiski, you know, in a picture with people who are in some ways shady, uh, according to the report. Uh, my first thought, okay, is this only people, you know, is this only an, an, uh, where they look into people's Facebook account? Is, is that what I'm looking at? Because I can tell you, I have uh, colleagues, um, you know, uh, who, are, uh, who are very much in TV and, you know, many people feel like they know them who are friends with everybody who asks them on Facebook. So they have 5,000 friends. So so can we really say, and that was also, can we really say for certainty that if, if it's only a Facebook analysis that maybe he just, maybe George Nacieski just said yes to whoever added him on Facebook. Uh, so we did do what we could to find out what kind of analysis is this. And it is, According to the experts we talked to, a very, in, indeed, very thorough network, not only social media, but network analysis of, you know, people's lives, who do they, who do they hang with. But, but I don't know if I'm supposed to, to, to expect that from Sportland because we've never had a chance to talk to them about their methods. That was, that was one of the first things we tried to do, actually, just to answer, to, to, to make Sportland or the Federation answer the questions how do you make these reports? You know, what makes you come to these conclusions you've come to? Uh, can we see the data behind the conclusions? Um, but but no, we couldn't. So so, I guess I was a bit surprised also when I saw, you know, how thorough it, the reports, uh, I don't remember if you've, I don't know if you guys read it or not seen it, but but it is, the matches and the, and the eight pairs are just the first couple of pages of the report. The rest is actually the analysis of, of, of the network. Something which comes up in the documentary is this uh, group called the Gypsy Clan. Uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit, because I honestly never heard about them before this report. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you've learned about this group and who they are and what they exactly do. Uh, I can't actually tell you that much because we haven't focused that much on them uh, mm. for good reasons, because quite early in the process, we were told, be careful about how much you go near those guys. Mm-hmm. And and they've they've never really been our focus in this because it could have been any criminal group, but 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 you know in short, Gypsy Clan is a is a criminal group known to have been involved in match fixing before, uh, in in Italy uh, among other things in, in football, and that's really what we know about them. Uh, we haven't done you know extensive analysis of where where are they today and and how much involved are they today and what happened what's happening right now because some of them. As far as what we've, you know, found in our research, you know, some of them are, are, are in jail today, and and some are probably not. But but it's a it's an it's a criminal group, uh, one of probably many uh, from from Eastern Europe, uh, 
known to be guys you don't mess with and guys who are involved in organized crime. Right, Brian, I think you're going to be uh, hunted down after that question. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, football there and uh, other sports are mentioned quite a lot in the documentary. Uh, it's no surprise that this is a, a thing that's not exclusive to handball. We've seen in the past sports like uh, tennis, uh, cricket, most recently big news in snooker about match fixing on a player's side. Have you had a chance in all of this to look at like other sports as well and how these kind of allegations have been dealt with and basically what you would expect then to be done uh, in this situation? I haven't looked at any other sports. No, not really. Uh, that could be the number three program you're talking about. Perhaps <laughs> we've, we've obviously gotten, uh, well, I can tell you, I've gotten uh, quite a few tips about other sports since we published the um, the documentary. And when you ask about, you know, how it's dealt with in other sports, no, we, we haven't really come to that, you could say, because we, we're not quite sure how it's been dealt with in this sport yet. Mm. We've tried to get that answer, but we, we can't seem to get the answer, at least not from the people who are dealing with it, the European Handball Federation. We, 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 uh, we get an answer from French authorities, French police in the documentary about the Euros 2018. We get some answers from people around, you know, uh, handball and match fixing uh, experts, but but not what they've actually done in the European Handball Federation. And and I think what what surprises me in this is one simple thing that we're still trying to 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 get a a, a straight answer on is we we asked, did you give it to the police? The European Federation has, has repeatedly told us we've given it to the police. The police are investigating. We're having follow-ups with the police. But when we ask the police, they don't have follow-ups and they don't have any investigations. And 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 then when we just, you know, to clarify, ask, okay, could you give us a name of the people you're having meeting with at the police? We can't have those names. And so so I think I think it's a very good point you have about, you know, comparing to other sports. But I but I don't think this this I don't think this story is there yet. We, we simply have too many questions about this to, to go on to the perspectives of other sports already. Yeah, and the, the second, as you mentioned, the second uh, part of the documentary focuses more on the, the current side. So after the report, um, with according you know, to some services, activity going on still. Um, and I, I can, I'll reference also the the undercover kind of investigation you you did with the head of the referees, um, where part of that, you know, what one of the things that came out of it is that there was almost a fear of Sport Radar, or at least you know that since Sport Radar has started working with handball, uh, that this is more difficult and it is kind of being monitored. Do you think that is enough in the in the sport of handball that we do have this organization looking out for it? I think it's it's important to clarify just so we don't get facts mixed up. The 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 footage of, of Dragan, the, the head of referees, the Dragan Ochiski, is from 2020. The report mm -hmm. that we published was in well, January this year. So 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 those recordings are made a few years ago, actually. Uh, uh, I, I would think, you know, that that. When you say the new information we have on on, the, on today, current, one answer we have gotten out of 
emails back and forth with the uh, European Handball Federation's media department is that they have new warnings on potentially fixed five to ten matches, I think it was, between five and ten matches uh, last year. Uh, so they get the warnings. So it seems like the, the system is in place with Sport Art. Sport Art is a quite... <laughs> You know, seriously, company they 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 know what they're doing. So so for me, it's more it's not so much about uh, sport rather. It's about what do you do with the information, and and how do you communicate about what you do with the information. One of the things we 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 focus on on the in program two is is a referee pair from from Kosovo, the brothers of Vitaku, who had the uh, cadetan. Geo Geoge match a few years ago where there was a lot of talk about it being a suspicious match and, and a lot of players from, from the Danish team received calls from, from Kosovo up to the match and all, all sorts of mysterious things. What we did in program two is well we delivered the the proof that they have been involved in several matches who trigger the alarms in these betting. You know, there's the systems that that, that watch the monitor the, the sport. And what's curious to me is their last match was, I think it was a week after we published the first story in January. They had, or, or, or it was the same day or day before. It was just around the time where we published our first story in January. They had the latest match in European handball. They haven't been seen since. They haven't had any matches at all. They had seven, eight matches uh, in the first half of the season, none in the second. And we've asked the European Federation, is this, be- is this because you found out that, well, what we've shown you here, that this is actually true, you need to do something about these referees? And we can't even get that answer. With the, with the well, explanation that we don't comment on specific referee pairs. Okay, but referee pairs that we have shown repeatedly are in matches that are suspicious. Seems like are being removed. the The top pair from the report also uh, just have haven't had a, a match since February. Maybe it's the same reason. I I I don't know. I would love someday. Hopefully, I get the answer to that question, and then maybe we have a program free. But but. Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 if but if if that is the case that you're you know you're actually doing something, but you're doing it in 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 hiding, so you're not doing it publicly, you're not telling the public that you're doing it. Well, is is that then because you want to keep the illusion of no problems when it comes to you know the public talk about handball and try to f- to fix the problems in house, uh, or what is the reason? Uh, I, I hope someday we get that answer. On the contrary, then, in, in May of this year, there was the news of Dragan Nachevsky being suspended. So that was a, a public thing, uh, which I think caught a lot of people by surprise at the time as well. Not anymore since the documentary has come out. Connected with that and the fact that uh, you're highlighting all of this uh, last year as well, Handball's Canolan, that it's that, as you said, more information is coming all the time. The fact that this is more public than ever before, do you think that that is going to have a, a real impact on the sport? Because it feels like the more public it is right now, the less likely it is to happen in the future. It may not be the direct, you know, yes, Lars, you fixed handball. That uh, would be nice. But but also, you know, that 
could have a real impact in the future in preventing this from happening. I, I think absolutely that the more there's focus on this and the more people talk about it, the more people who who watch our documentary and 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 I think also sees the patterns behind that that go again in the matches that are suspicious. Of course, it would be more difficult for the people willing to or willing to try to fix things to do that. They will find other sports which let with let's. With with less media coverage and and, and less people watching, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I I would actually say about the suspension of, of Dragon Chelsea, it actually caught me by surprise. Also, I was not prepared at all. I I didn't think that would happen in, in May, uh, but 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 you could say it did happen because that was the exact time where we, the first time, told the European Federation we had a recording of him. Presented them not with the recording, as far as I remember, with some quotes from from the recording, uh, and that was apparently enough for them to 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 do that. I don't know where where it will end with 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 that. I don't know if he's suspended for good or or or, or, or what's going to happen. Um, uh, once again, one of the many questions we still have, we we can't get an answer to, at least not right now. But but uh, but but yeah, I do think it it will have an effect on. On 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 the activity in 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 the the matches you know which are suspicious and that's actually what we've also been told you know by the sources we have in 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 the betting industry that around where you know when we published in January then there was actually quite quiet around matches for at least some time but then you know they still have matches here and there and it's. As we as we show in the documentary, it has always been with pretty much some of the same referee pairs again and again. But also, if they remove those pairs, whether or not they will tell us that's the reason they remove them. But if they remove them, you would assume that the problem will be not not as not as big in the future. Hopefully, one of the lines which kind of stood out to me in the documentary, I th- I think it was the expert Declan Hill who you had on, and he said that. Uh, for a lot of these referee pairs who maybe are involved with this or potentially involved with this, there's no handing in your invoice or handing in your sorry your notice to these gangs that they kind of, until they're released of their duties, they can be stuck with this kind of shadow over them. Did that did that stand out to you as a, a very poignant uh, quote from him? Yeah, that was that was not Declan Hill. That was the Danish. Uh, his name is Chris Grunov. Ah, sorry, um, yeah. Danish. Yeah, mm. but 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 yeah, you don't hand in a resignation to a criminal network. I think he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's right. And actually, you know, I I I started out by saying that you know it was uh, exciting and extremely difficult to do this, but also at times nerve wracking. Uh, uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's 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 still a lot of things we don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. I had I was the one who 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 uh, who approached uh, uh, George Nocheski in uh, in Sweden in January. I've never talked to him before. I don't recall ever talking to him before, at least. And I went up to a guy in a hotel who I just read in the port is known ties to organized crimes and all that. That was also whom? What's going to happen here? Nothing happened. He was, you saw it in the documentary. Uh, he was, he didn't want to talk, but it wasn't frightening or anything. But, but my, my point is that, you know, we don't, we don't know. We don't know how these guys, if they are involved in this, we don't know how they got involved. We basically don't know if a referee 
is fixing a match somewhere? Is it because they're being threatened by criminals? Is it because, uh, you know, whatever they said yes one time and then the criminals, just like you see in the movies, are blackmailing them or threatening their families? So what do we know? We don't know any of that. So so I think he's quite right, the expert, when he says that, you know, there is a risk that 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 if you if you are involved in this, it's it's not something you can just get out of. Mm. And the only reason to get out is, you know, uh, that the European Federation removes you because then obviously you can't you can't help them the the criminal networks anymore with with the service you did before. Um, so yeah, it's it's absolutely a, a, a statement that stood out to me also, and and uh, I, I certainly don't hope it's the case that somebody is um, is uh, is fixing handball matches because they are you know under some sort of threat or something. I think we can definitely say that this is a, a really great uh, piece of work, a really thorough investigation. Um, just want to understand what what has been the reaction um, from this documentary. You said it was on primetime in Denmark, which is, uh, you know, congratulations for getting such a spot like that. But what has been uh, the overall reaction? Yeah, uh, primetime during the Tour de France, actually, which surprised us even more. Uh, but but uh, I I think the reaction has been from you know people involved in handball saying. I'm not surprised. This is what I've been hearing for 20 years. You know, on the other side, people not involved in handball and, and you know, normal spectators being sh- anything from shocked to surprised to, you know, you got to clean up this now. And I've I've gotten reactions from, I think, most of the European countries now and actually also from Australia, from people who wanted to see it. And... And, and one of the the, the 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 main reactions I get when it's from people not in Denmark is, how can I see this? Is there any chance of me to see this? How do I get my hands on to to watch this? So it seems like there's a very global interest in watching the documentary, and we are. I can tell you that much. Uh, I'm not involved in it, so I can't, you know, give you details on it. But I know that there are talks with international TV broadcasters about, you know, an English version for. To be broadcasters in other countries, you know, but 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 obviously, TV two is also a commercial TV station. So, so in the end, you know, that's that that that's that's above my pay grade, so to say. Somebody's <laughs> talking about uh, whether or not we sell the documentary to other countries. Um, uh, but but yeah, it's been a massive uh, massive response. But I will also say, if if you start, you know, to to scroll my social media accounts to to see all this massive response. You won't see half of it uh, publicly online because every time it's somebody involved in handball, they don't react publicly. They send private texts, emails, call me, something like that. So it still seems to me like there's very few people who are willing to go public and say, something about this they they're willing to talk to me you know in private in in close conversations between just the two of us but 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 standing out in public and saying something about it still to me seems like people are trying to find out is it wise for me to say something here if i'm involved in handball or should i just not say anything and and uh and let others 
fight the battles if there are battles to to fight. So that surprised you a bit, that aspect? Actually, I don't think it surprises me. You know, everything is politics here. Even if you're, it doesn't matter if you're involved in a federation, if you're a coach, if you're a player, if you're a club, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, everything is a, what do I get out of saying something? I'm, yeah. I I might have an opinion about this and I might back, you know, I might, fi- I might find this documentary extremely um, good, as you say, and, and something we need to react on. But if I say that, what will happen to me politically, if I'm involved in a federation, what will happen to my team or my club if I'm a sports director, a coach, a player or something? Will it affect me in the next season's Champions League if I say something? And then uh, some of these referees that they have mentioned are the referees in my quarterfinal in the Champions League. I think that is something that people are still... It seems to me like that's something people still uh, you know, think about, sadly. I just hope that everybody who wants to who are interested in watching this, I've answered uh, people on Twitter the mm-hmm. same thing a few times. You know, uh, call your national TV uh, broadcaster, uh, write them, do something to tell them to, you know, we want to watch this because I've done everything in my power to see if we could get an international version on the mm-hmm. Danish. We have a, you know, a streaming service. It's called TV2 Play, the Danish. Yeah, but but you can't watch that unless you live in Denmark, no matter mm-hmm. what we do, sadly. So, so, so in order for people to watch it, it needs to be, broadcasted somewhere else also so i hope that you know i hope we succeed in that because i i i agree with 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 some of the people who've written me this is a documentary i think many people in europe should see uh and then they can make up their own mind about what it tells and what it not tells if it's proof or if it's not proof that's that's not up to me that's that's up to the viewers well, I'm pretty sure this is a story that, uh, whether there's a part three or not uh, of the documentary, that will will continue in one form or another. But uh, thank you for your work so far in it, Lars, and thanks for talking to us as well. Thank you too.